Worship in the World is a screen-free worship experience brought to you by Downtown Church. Downtown Church is a community of unfinished people based in Columbia, South Carolina. We believe in asking honest questions while we strive to follow Christ with our own communities, loving people wherever they find themselves on their faith journey. Thank you for being with us today. think about that question for a second during this welcome because that's one of those perfunctory standard questions that we ask out of habit. How are you? Sometimes hoping people just say okay and keep moving because we don't know what to do if they're not okay. This morning though, I want you to sit for a second as we welcome you. How are you? Think about that for a second. How are you? And I want to tell you, we want to remind you that wherever you are and however you are, God is able to meet you where you are. Let us pray. 
Gracious, loving, merciful God, we gather to worship and praise your holy name. We ask for your blessing, your anointing, so that what's done in this place will be done to your glory. And however we are, whatever we're going through, whatever we're feeling, we bring it to you in a spirit of praise and honor and glory, just to fellowship together. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Please stand and let's sing together. Now comes time for our prayer of admission. Some may say prayer of confession. Whatever your preference is, it is okay. A time to acknowledge that we are human and we sin, regardless of how good we think we are. There's an act we can engage in that will make us ever good enough on our own. Confession is a time for acknowledgement of sin and acknowledgement of what God has done with our sin. Let me say that again. It's not just to confess that we have sinned, but acknowledge what God has done with that sin. It's a reminder 
that Jesus Christ's death on the cross was the ultimate sacrifice, the ultimate intervention for you and me, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Let us say together the prayer of admission you find in your program, followed by a moment of silence. Together, please. God, you love us even when we have a hard time loving ourselves. Help us have the courage to admit we are wrong. We sin against you, against creation, against each other, and against ourselves. Forgive us. Make us whole. forgiven. We are loved. Let us do our best to forgive and love each other. Amen. We're going to do something fun together on Sunday, October 2nd, here in this space. In the afternoon from 1 to 3, we, like 100 of us or 200 of us, are going to get together and package food um, to be sent all across the globe to what's called last mile communities, where um, people are living in rural areas without access to the nutrients that they need to survive. And so we are bringing in this, this organization called Rise Against Hunger, and we are gonna package meals as fast as we can, assembly line, um, to send to these various places. Um, but we need, you to sh- we need you to show up and we need you to register. And last spring, when we asked in a survey what you all wanted to do mission-wise, overwhelmingly people said, hey, we wanna do something that our kids can do with us, like ages zero, to 152, everybody can come into this space together. It's accessible to everyone um, to pack food together, to make a difference, we'll have some house music on. Uh, so this is what I need you to do. I need you to scan that QR code under hairnets provided um, and sign up. And then I want you to invite your neighbors and your coworkers and your friends, anyone who wants to make a positive impact on this world, this is the event for you. 
Oh, and by the way, we're throwing a party tonight here, five to seven, hope you'll drop by. We're in our final week of our August sermon series on identity. We've been asking this question, who am I? Through the lens of our relationships and a sense of place and through worship today, we look at our ultimate identity as beloved children of God. So listen now for God's word from Paul's letter to the Romans, chapter 14, I'm reading verses seven and eight. Paul writes, for we do not live to ourselves and we do not die to ourselves. If we live, we live to the Lord. If we die, we die to the Lord. So then, whether we live or whether we die, we are the Lord's. The word of God for the people of God. Presidents leave libraries. Celebrities write a memoir. Families build mausoleums. Grandpa leaves his old circular saw. Grandma, that recipe for chicken noodle soup. Aunt Phoebe, a field full of daisies. Uncle Joe, a collection of unheard songs. So what are you gonna leave as your legacy? What will I? The Apostle Paul, he left a pretty great legacy, an impressive one in the form of these letters. And as he's writing this particular letter to the early church in Rome, Paul Paul's on a road trip. He's doing that uh, preacher gig where you're on the road and, and he's visiting all of these mission churches that he helped plant. And he's, he's gonna encourage them from the pulpit. He's gonna receive warm hospitality and spend the night in a few of their homes. He's, he's gonna show up and settle some disputes among the church boards. He's gonna pick up offerings to take with him back to the church in Jerusalem. He's on the road when he writes this letter to the early church in Rome. And I have a feeling that he is writing somewhere in that tender place between life and death. Like he knows some hardship is coming his way. He just doesn't know when. You might remember that Paul used to be an enemy of Christianity. When his name was Saul, right? He was actually one of the detectives going out and finding the early Christians so that they could persecute them. He knows that his name is on a list somewhere. He knows that his time is limited. And so as he's traveling from church to church, he stops at a corner store and he buys a drink and a bag of chips and he sits down in a corner and he pulls out his writing utensil and he begins to write anyway. He's writing down these words that he will likely say in the pulpit and between friends, but he's writing them down anyway, just in case. Just in case he gets arrested. Just in case he has a detour, he doesn't get there. Just in case. He knows the future isn't guaranteed, so not only is he planning his route to visit all the churches, but he is writing letters to them, and he's coming up with backup plans for others to deliver just in case he can't get there himself. So he sits down in this corner booth of the store and he writes 
We do not live to ourselves. We do not die to ourselves. If we live, we live to the Lord. If we die, we die to the Lord. So then whether we live or whether we die, we are the Lord's. Those aren't just words you come up with on a boring Thursday morning. And Paul isn't just thinking about himself here. Even though he knows his days are numbered, he is teaching the early Christians and us today to rise up out of our daily slog and take a good, long, hard look at our lives to see, are we living to Christ? Are we living to ourselves? Are we living for someone else? Is there something we could be doing right now to leave a legacy for those who come next? Another man goes on a road trip. Unlike Paul, he's not going for work. He is on vacation. So he wakes up, gets out of bed that morning, grabs some coffee and and some bagels for breakfast and starts stuffing the trunk like we do with all those duffel bags, you know? When it doesn't fit, you throw it out and you start stuffing again to rearrange everything in one car. And then you gotta plug in the iPads because heaven forbid those go out of juice with kids in the car. Can I get an amen? (laughs) Gotta make sure those are gonna last the entire trip. Calculate it, correct. It's a 10 hour drive down Route 95. Who knows how many stops they had to take to go pee? Who knows where they stopped for lunch? Someplace maybe sat outside, already happy just to be on the way to vacation. It doesn't matter that you're stuck in, in traffic. It doesn't matter that the kids are screaming in the back. We are on our way to relaxation, to relief, a reprieve from the rhythm of work and school and dishes on repeat. When they arrive at their destination, a, a beach, they order their groceries to go ahead and be delivered to the condo and then they change into swimsuits real quick to get out before sunset. And when they do, they exhale. It's a beautiful day. It's a sunny day. The kids are playing behind them. People are all around them. And out of nowhere, lightning strikes. Both him and his wife, he doesn't survive. If we live, we live to the Lord. If we die, We die to the Lord. So then whether we live or whether we die, we are the Lord's. This man is Brent Jerome, a member of downtown church, young dad climbing his career, healthy, hilarious Brent. And like Paul, Brent wrote letters, not to churches so far as I'm aware, to his kids. Brent bought these um, composition notebooks. You know the old school kind that's like black and white marbled on the front? He bought 10 of those. And before each of his kids were born, he took one of them and he wrote their name on the front and he wrote the due date with a dash. And then a few days before their arrival, he wrote a note in there anticipating their birth into this world. And then every few days after that, he would pick up those notebooks and write to them, eventful things, uneventful things. His handwriting, 
his voice, his wisdom, his legacy. A love story for his kids that lives on well past his death. As people of God, you and I, we inherit, we inherit our legacy. When we are baptized, we are claimed as children of God. You are a child of God, which means that we are the saints through whom God is writing his love story to the world. And like Paul and like Brent, we are telling our story right now, whether we realize it or not. There are eyes already watching the story our lives tell. We don't have to wait for some big milestone in order to leave a legacy. No, we can do it right now. In fact, it's better if we start doing it right now. Kristen did this. When Brent died, she picked up writing in those composition notebooks. She is making his legacy theirs. And not only will those gifts be love that transcends their life and death for their kids, but they've started this movement of parents in Columbia and beyond. Parents who go out and buy journals and start writing. It's never too late. Notes to their kids. So to the early Christians in Rome, they didn't just receive Paul's letter to them. No, they held on to it. And when the time came that the council was getting together the books that would become our Holy Bible, they submitted it. Their response to Paul's legacy made it so his words of hope reach us today. They teach us today. There was a night um, here in this church space. And it was in the tender days when we weren't sure if Brent would live or if he would die. And so we just opened our doors and people came. Neighbors of Brent and, and Kristen's, coworkers of theirs, their, their kids' preschool teachers. And we didn't know everybody. It kind of was better that way. We just opened our doors and we came in together and we sang some and we prayed some. And then we read these words of Paul's, if we live. We live to the Lord. If we die, we die to the Lord. So then whether we live or whether we die, we are the Lord's. I'll tell you what, we felt the conditions of those phrases more acutely that night. If we live. We knew that that, that wasn't ours to own. None of us knows how much more life is guaranteed. Robert Smith put it well saying, the clock of life is wound but once. So those of us in this space, we felt the fragility of the if that night. And we were so grateful. In fact, I'm pretty sure I remember an exhale when the verb changed from if to whether. Whether we live or whether we die, we are the Lord's. That's what's consistent Regardless of whether we live or whether we die, we are the Lord's. It's the legacy gifted to us through Christ. Paul's legacy grounds us in God's love story. Brent's legacy grounds us in God's love story. The question is, what are you and I writing today that grounds the world in God's love story?
Because how you and I write this chapter of love, God's love story, it's gonna affect not just the people who are sitting in this room or those who will listen to the podcast, it affects three generations from now, the middle school girl who after a sleepover shows up at downtown church and experiences God's love for her in a way that she didn't even know was possible. It affects the the kid, the neighbor who walks in here on a Friday night when we're hosting a live concert and he learns about halfway through the show that this is actually a church space and he's in awe because he wasn't judged. It's gonna affect the, the, the man who's divorced 40 years from now Who knows that there's not many places to go in Colombia to heal, and yet this is one. What we do today affects them. We have a chance to tell this story, God's great love story to the world as a church, as downtown church. We don't have to do it alone. We have an invitation to leave a legacy Together as a church, it's an invitation to be a part of a bigger story and there are all sorts of ways to be involved. No cookie cutter, one size fits. Here's an idea, you can invite somebody to worship and if there's not a chair, you just grab another one. Take them to brunch afterwards. Ask them, how are you doing? You can forward the podcast or you can take a little video of what's happening in church and send it to the person in your life who could use a little extra love right now. There's all all sorts of ways to get involved and, and God's gonna help you see your part. Maybe it's remembering the church when you meet with your financial friends at the end of the year and you make charitable contributions. Maybe it's building offerings into your monthly plan. Maybe it's writing downtown church into your will, a legacy. Maybe. It's writing down the names of all the kids and the adults that we baptize together in this space and then praying for them by name every Thursday at 8 a.m. God's gonna help you see your part, but you are writing God's great love story through the world. Y'all, our identity isn't in people, ultimately. And it's not in property or a house somewhere. It's not in a job Our identity is that we are children of God in life and in death and in Christ's resurrection. We are the saints through whom God is choosing to write his love story to the world. So as we consider what we want to be true at the end of our lives to to direct what we do this day, let us consider how through this community, we have the chance to impact people we will never know. And trust these great words of Paul that whether we live and whether we die, we are the Lord's. Thanks be to God. Amen.
Jesus sets the table, and then he asks, who is hungry? Come. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. Let us pray. Eternal God, holy and mighty, it is truly right and our greatest joy to give you thanks and praise and to worship you in every place where your glory abides. You laid the foundations of the earth and the heavens are the work of your hands. They shall perish, but you shall endure. You are always the same and your years will never end. God, you made us in your image and you called us to be your people, but we turned from you, leaving sin and death to reign. Still, you loved us and sought us, and in Jesus, your grace defeated death and opened the way to eternal life. Therefore, we praise you, joining our voices with the choirs of angels and with all the faithful of every time and place who forever sing to the glory of your name. Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Hear us now as we pray together the prayer Jesus taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. We remember on the night before Jesus was to be betrayed, he was having dinner with his friends. And after they had eaten, he took bread, a common element, and he blessed it and he broke it. And then he said these words, he said, this is my body, just broken and given for you. Take, eat, don't forget. In the same way, he took the cup, saying, this is the cup of the new covenant, sealed in my blood, shed for you. And the forgiveness of your sins, whenever you drink of it, do this in remembrance of me. Every time you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the saving death of the risen Lord until he comes.
Let us pray. Gracious God, we are yours. May we live like we are yours. May we live like we are children of God. Now may we who have received the sacrament live in the unity of your Holy Spirit that we may show forth your gifts to all the world. We ask this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. This time I invite the kids to join us back on stage and for everybody to stand, we'll sing the last hymn together.
hey, can y'all help me out? I want you to help me give the blessing, okay? So put your arms out like this and look at your people. As you go from this place, may the peace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the interruption of that Holy Spirit, may it be with you and with all those you love and with all those nobody loves. Go in God's peace. Amen. If you feel compelled to support the church financially, you can give a secure gift online at downtownchurch.me forward slash give.